you are listening to That Bright Idea. John Robbins and Ellis James start theirs like that. You're listening to John Robbins and Ellis James. Oh, okay. Sounds a bit weird with my husky voice. You're listening to That Bright Idea. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like some kind of late night. <laughs> Soul FM. <laughs> with Ellie Wood. So... Talk us through the voice. Unfortunately, I had a very big day on Sunday, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> like everyone else, and the voice has not come back yet. So sorry about that, everyone. It is me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm real. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, though. I got a message on Thursday thinking of driving down with Knickknack, who was on the episode two about plastic um think of driving down with knickknack to see the england game on sunday from oban which is about 15 <laughs> hours drive away no your really parents on insta was an exaggeration it was only 10 hours <laughs> oh, 10 hours was that all in one go no on the way down but yesterday we did the whole thing on the way back because we got to glasgow and knickknack had a new lease of life was just like let's do the let's extra three back. hours and then we got wow. halfway and the road was closed so we had to add um, an extra half an hour detour which was hell on um, earth <laughs> i saw you had skittles were they vegan yeah they were actually <laughs> very nice but yeah so anyway that happened on thursday as you can probably tell ellie did end up coming down <laughs> well surprise yeah. And, um, yeah, a lot of chants later and the voice is gone. <laughs> Here I but am. It just shows that I must chant with my vocal cords like a singer because <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> this podcast is about meaningful innovation that will pull at your heartstrings when you realise that these bright ideas can enable you to easily make a positive impact on the world. But before you ease into this episode, don't forget to hit subscribe or follow from wherever you're listening. This episode is all about offsetting your carbon emissions. That's probably worth mentioning. Yeah. So let's kick this episode off with the all-important context. And actually, we've got a phone in from a fellow podcast. So I'm just going to take it away and play it. Give me one sec. Hi, guys. Hi. I'm Ellie. And I'm Sam. And we've got a podcast called Sam and Ellie Discuss Things. It's a fun, chatty podcast where we talk about our experiences living a plant-based sustainable lifestyle and we just have a chat about the issues and how we how we think about them and how we deal with them and it's just a bit of fun really it is it's a great time but today we want to ask you a question we'd like to know what it really means to offset your carbon footprint and how one would do that yeah i'd like to know is it really worth doing is it something that you like really makes a difference and how is best to do that and how do you know whether the the way you're offsetting your carbon is really having an impact we look forward to finding out that was a lot of questions (laughs) i know i know they clearly were interested in the topic so sam and ellie their podcast is great you can also find it on spotify sam and ellie discuss things very very cool nice to have you know more podcast friends especially when you can see their you know you listen to it and you're like this is really good and great to have another ellie as well (laughs) and another ellie but i do think that that will set the scene quite nicely so um yeah let's let's break it down so i I did write some notes so first of all what does it really mean to set off your carbon footprint ellie so 
the definition of carbon offsetting is basically that everything, every single thing that we do has a carbon footprint. And by buying carbon credits, you can absorb these emissions elsewhere in the world via either forest protection or renewable energy schemes. So different ways of absorbing carbon you can pay for to balance out your impact on the world. And then their question two, how would you do that? So I guess that's kind of what you said before through like yeah, a renewable so energy a scheme. Or... Yeah, there's carbon offsetting companies and there's also a lot of charities you can look into. So one charity I like that I sometimes donate to to carbon offset is Cool Earth, who are working with rainforest communities um, to buy areas of land or protect areas of land and work with the people to help them economise on the rainforest without chopping it down. Ah, nice. Yeah, and you can just donate to them or also you can do things like buy someone a virtual gift so you can send them a tree or a beehive, things like that, which is a nice sustainable gift option. Ooh, that is fun. (laughs) And third... This is crunch one. Is it worth doing? (laughs) Well, there's massive debate about whether carbon offsetting is worth doing or not. And I guess this is more of an opinion thing. I think personally, obviously any any small thing you can do is worth doing. Um, Mm. But it's when these big companies like BP and Shell use carbon offsetting basically as an excuse to carry on doing what they're doing rather than reducing their emissions they're like we'll carbon offset that we'll invest in renewables over here while we're still burning tons of fossil fuels so right but i think on a personal level yeah if you're gonna drive somewhere or get a plane you should offset your carbon because it should help to balance it out but when you get to these bigger scales i think more needs to be done yeah, and I guess you should do it in conjunction with other sustainably fueled decisions. Yeah, it shouldn't fueled. be the only answer. <laughs> Pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, but it, 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 it's like you can't, um, yeah, like have a, an oil plant, an oil power plant, and then also be like, but I've, you know, sent 10 beehives yeah. to <laughs> this area. It, yeah, it has to be part and parcel of a sustainable lifestyle rather than it like you say an excuse that makes sense and four how is best to do it so you've mentioned what was the name cool carbon cool earth cool earth yeah i like that charity um but i guess it just depends on what you're interested in as well so do you want to invest in solar energy or would you rather protect rainforest or there's quite a lot of um Schemes that involved clean cooking because that is a massive social impact issue as well. So in, I think, a lot of African countries, a lot of mainly women cook on um, wood-burning stoves and there's actually 3.8 million deaths per year due to inhalation of cooking smoke. So that sort of scheme invests in efficient gas stoves So the efficiency is good because it reduces the amount of time women spend cooking. It uses 50% less fuel, which is obviously the carbon benefit of that. And it saves the people money on the fuel as well. And Mm. they don't choke on all this smoke that's produced. Yeah, hopefully lives. 
Yeah. Did it sound like something worth researching? Yeah, I would just say go with what your heart's with. Like, I prefer protecting the rainforest, but other people prefer more of the social saving lives or renewable mm. energy i'm just that kind of person that <laughs> i just want to like <laughs> i'm just more on the saving life yeah. saving the planet and then also like doing my bit for the world really yeah but, you know each for their own if you just want to focus on the rainforest then that's just you yeah that's me <laughs> <laughs> and finally how do you know if it's having an impact look into how they're actually monitoring it and if it is being done in a certified way rather than mm. someone just saying, I'm planting some trees and it's going to absorb this much carbon. Like, is it? And when is it going to absorb it? Right. That makes sense. Gosh, they were great questions from Sam yeah, and Ellie. I'm really glad they asked ones, them. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the point in the pod, isn't it? Yeah. Give our honest pressure. opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me ask, you get. <laughs> and obviously... We are that bright idea, so we want to highlight the brightest of bright ideas. Yeah. What are the bright ideas in this space? I mean, it'd be great if you had one to do with algae. <laughs> since yeah, you are the I think I've expert. got a little algae fact up my up sleeve. sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of research on using algae for carbon capture because it absorbs carbon a lot more efficiently than plants and trees as well. Um so one idea, which was actually sent to me by Ed, who did a phone-in in one of our previous episodes, was that a company in Australia are using algae to, to absorb the carbon that's produced from fermentation of beer. So beer production produces the CO2, and they're using the algae to absorb this carbon dioxide, which in turn produces oxygen. So they aren't producing any emissions from that. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, and it's so nice to have people sending in ideas as well. Yeah. So in this episode, I got to speak to Charlotte, the founder of Nula Carbon, a carbon offset company who are launching a carbon calculator that allows you to offset your carbon by protecting forests and planting trees. And through their calculator, she also said that you can track the trees that you've planted via GPS. Oh, yeah. let's hear it. Carbon offsetting and carbon credits are often mentioned by governments and politicians, but did you know that you can pay to offset your own carbon to do your bit to reduce the impact of your emissions? Today, I'm going to be talking to Charlotte, who's the founder of Nula Carbon, and we're going to find out what carbon offsetting really is about. So welcome, Charlotte. Hi, Ellie. Thanks so much for having me today. No worries. Welcome to the pod. Before we start, I'm just going to do a quick round of overrated, underrated, so we can get to know a little bit about you. So the first one is climbing trees, overrated or underrated? Ooh, underrated, I think. Haven't done it in a while. Should definitely get back into it. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't done it for a while either. Always quite painful, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's true. You kind of forget about the downsides. The second one is chia seeds, overrated or underrated? Oh, overrated. Really? I'm obsessed with them at the moment. I, I, a lot of my friends are, and I just, I know that they're really good for you, and I know that you can you know, add a little bit of spice to your breakfast cereal <laughs> and stuff, but yeah, not for me. And the last one is carbon offsetting, overrated or underrated? <laughs> Definitely underrated, <laughs> but I'm a bit biased. Yeah. First of all, can you tell us a bit about you, Charlotte, and your background? Sure. So um, I am born and bred Londoner. I've been here my whole life um, and 
I was actually training to be a psychologist, um, kind of, I think five or six years ago. Um, and I was working in a hospital in London and I kind of realized that for now that wasn't for me. Um, and I really wanted to kind of live somewhere else, be somewhere different. Um, and at the same time I was getting into ethical fashion. Um, and I happened to send an email to my former boss just being like you know if you ever want someone to come and support you I'm happy to do it just whilst I kind of have a career break and change luckily she said yes um, and that involved me going to Kenya um, and that was meant to be for three months I was meant to help her research the living wage and make sure it's like fully implemented within the factory um, and three months turned into three and a half years really um, oh, I wow. absolutely yeah I absolutely loved it um, still do and I've only just come back from it now um, it's an incredible place. I made some um, amazing friends and it's how I got to really learn about carbon offsetting. Amazing. So she, the factory is now based at the coast, but when I moved there, it was based in a place called R- Rikinga Wildlife Sanctuary. And Rikinga is part of a wider um, forest protection carbon offsetting program. Um, and so I lived there. That was my home. And that was there kind of where I really realised that carbon offsetting is so much more than just planting trees and not just like the box that you see when you're booking your EasyJet flight. Yeah, I kind of started to have quite a few questions about it. You know, I'd listen to my friends talk about it and really kind of see the impact it was having on the ground and in the communities because I was working for a different project. You know, I really got unbiased feedback, which is amazing. Okay. Um, And yeah, and as I kind of started to learn more about it, I then tried to relay that back to friends and family back at home. And I really, what I really realised was there was a bit of a disconnect between the concept and the consumer. Probably could be to do with how I was explaining it. Um, But (laughs) one of those things, you know, people were starting, and myself included, you know, started to really realise how urgent the climate crisis was and that we all need to be involved um, and starting to take action. But, you know, with so many different solutions around and so many different people saying different things it's easy as a consumer to feel a bit lost and I know that I definitely did um and what's more so many of the brands I didn't really feel kind of I didn't align with myself with them you know there was a lot of jargon there was a conversation that I didn't feel part of and that's what really sparked the idea for Nula. Nice so Tell us what Nula Carbon is and how it works. <laughs> well, so it's a very good question because I'm actually in the middle of a business pivot. But Nula Carbon at its core is about making carbon offsetting and climate action accessible. We're really trying to make it incredibly friendly, break down the jargon. You know, no question is a stupid one um, because yeah. we all need to be involved. And particularly, you know, I think it was the IPCC said that we need to kind of cut our emissions in half by 2030. So in order to do that, yeah. we need to decarbonize every single sector across the board. Um, and there's just no, you know, there's a lot of criticism that's kind of thrown against carbon offsetting. And a lot of it has value because there's some projects that really don't do any good. But the good projects, and there are a lot of them out there, are a really important kind of tool in our toolbox, climate action toolbox. Um, So we're here to make it accessible. We're here to kind of integrate it into daily life. So how it works is that I would pay an equal amount to how much carbon I offset and then you protect the forest. Is that right? Yeah, so let's say the average person in the UK emits about 12 tonnes every year. Um, So with Nula, that currently one tonne costs £10. So you'll be paying £120 over the year 
to kind of avoid the same amount of emissions being released into the atmosphere by protecting those forests. And when I say protecting forests, that money goes into so many different ways of kind of keeping the trees standing and carbon in the soil. Um, so you're investing in people, you're investing in kind of job creation, all the different operations that go to keeping the trees trees standing, numerous different uh, kind of community projects and kind of uh, income generation. So that really the threats to forest and the drivers for for deforestation and degradation are avoided. Okay, nice. So do you own areas of the forest or how does that work? Or are they under some sort of government protection? So how it works really, and this and different models have a different approach, but with Wildlife Works and Red Plus, they don't own the land. It's community owned land. And so when you're buying a carbon credit, it kind of get, the money goes into three different pockets. The first goes into um, the landowners. So if, the landowners will receive money for protecting their share of land um, and making sure that, as I said, the trees are standing and soil is healthy. The second goes into forest protection operations. Um, so there's gyrocopters that fly every day, again, also to check on wildlife as well as kind of um, charcoaling or any other activities that might be uh, detrimental to the forest. And then also the third goes into the community. So as I said, it's all those different community projects like artisan weaving, um, soap making, vertical farms, so many different things are going on. It, the project that I buy credits from protects 14 out of the 17 sustainable development goals. So basically by investing in the local communities, you're preventing them from using the forest in a negative way. Yes. And then I, I think is. it's... I don't want to put any blame on the local communities at all. It's um, you know, you know, it's it's how we all live and survive as we use our surroundings. But what we're doing is, you know, they do they do plant trees, but that doesn't count as part of your carbon credit. So what they do with these trees is they make them income generating trees or shade trees or all the different reasons that people need trees for. Um, but they kind of help plant them outside the project so that the forest remains conserved and um, preserved. Um, and the other thing is that a lot of people chop down trees because they need it for money. Yeah. Whereas if you can provide alternative sources of income, it means that, you know, there's less reason for these trees to be chopped down. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting what you say about tree planting as well. I heard on um, Greta Thunberg's documentary that trees don't actually act as a carbon sink until they're 15 years old. That's And that's one of the reasons why... I don't use them as a kind of carbon credit tool. I do have, we do plant trees and it's a part of our kind of climate positive approach that we're actually giving back to the planet um, as well as kind of making, neutralizing our impact. Yeah. Um, however, you know, a tree's life cycle, it takes so long to grow. It also might not survive. Um, it might be chopped down after 10 years and then that those kind of emissions are released into the atmosphere. You know, you, what you really need is to protect these mature trees that have been around for decades, which have so much carbon stored in them already, which is why I'm so passionate about forest protection first before tree planting. Excellent. Yeah. Prevention is better than a cure, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I saw on your website that you're working on a carbon calculator. Is this something that individuals can use to work out their emissions based on their lifestyle choices? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I'm really excited about this because it's been a long time in the making. We actually designed it over six months ago. What we're building is this new platform, which should hopefully be really exciting for both individuals, but also for businesses. Um, and the idea behind it is that we want people to really be involved and understand their emissions. Um, and from a business point of view, as you know, employers have shifted to the home, what's happened is those emissions haven't reduced, but just been shifted 
into the home from the workplace but the workplace isn't taking responsibility for those emissions and as I said we need to decarbonize every single sector so what we're doing is we're creating a tool for businesses to invest in their employees and take ownership of those emissions um, and ultimately give back to the planet at the same time. Oh, great. So businesses can buy your offsets as well as individuals. Yeah. And it's very much, you know, there's lots of different tools out there that kind of look at different parts of the supply chain um, that are incredibly clever. We're trying to really focus on decarbonising the UK's workforce. That's our real goal. Um, But we want to do that by really engaging people. But if we can kind of engage people on a level that affects them on a day to day basis, that can start to have a ripple effect out into the rest of the business. So how it will work is you as a business can sign up Uh, all of your employees will then get sent access to this platform they can use a carbon calculator to calculate their emissions yeah Um, and they will this will all feed into a dashboard so you'll have a company-wide dashboard you'll see your overall um, workforce footprint how many kind of credits you've bought how many acres you've protected and also be fed um ideas of how you can reduce those emissions as well which is a really important part um, of environmental action amazing so I've filled in this calculator. I know how much carbon I'm emitting. How are you then calculating how much carbon your parts of the forest are absorbing? How can you quantify that? So it depends. It's, it kind of completely depends on um, the project that you're buying from. So the project we buy from at the moment is based in Kenya, and that's the one I lived on. Yeah. Um, they protect 500,000 acres of forest, and they um, avoid about 1.7 million tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalent every year. Okay. Um, and so from that, you can then obviously calculate how many acres of forest you protect per tonne, um, and that kind of feeds into the dashboard. How do they calculate this carbon dioxide? So it's all for a really good carbon offsetting project. You need to make sure that they are verified. Um, And this is through kind of Vera or Gold Standard. Those are kind of the top two standards in the world Um, that we use Vera. There's lots of different plots around the project and these plots will be sampled kind of. 20% of the plots will be sampled every year over a period of five years and the soil will be tested, the carbon in the trees will be measured um, and then the company will kind of aggregate all this data into their database. As a standard, they will then come in and say, right, I want to check plot 152, 345 and 51. And so they will randomly spot check to make sure that those numbers match the numbers that Wildlife Works have come up with um, so that they can be sure that that carbon is being stored in the trees and the and the soil. OK, that's perfect. And then you can calculate it and... You can go from there, basically. Yeah. Cool. If I invest, you said £10 a month, is it? How much forest do I protect? So it's around about, over the year, it's kind of around about 3.5 or 6 acres. That's with okay. the Kenya project, yeah. Cool. Are there any social impacts of working with the people in Kenya? Absolutely. So the whole point of this programme is that it's a partnership with the communities on the ground. You know, there's so much local knowledge and understanding and, you know, they value these forests so much. But what they often don't have is the tools to be able to protect them, the income, the support, the financial support to be able to do it. And that's what these carbon credits provide. You know, you're providing a financial tool to help keep the trees uh, carbon where it's meant to be, which is in the trees and in the soil. Um, and But then also kind of adding so many additional impacts as well. Um, you know, they're the second largest employer in the county. They employ over 300 people just in the Kenya project. 
Um, and as I said, there's so many other different side projects as well. And what happens every year is they will say, through all the carbon credits that we've sold, we have X amount of money to invest into the five different community areas. Um, but they won't say this is what you need to spend your money on. They go to the community and the community have elected their their local leaders. And these leaders will say, well, this is what we most urgently need. And it could be water tanks. It could be bursaries for kids to go into school. You know, it's so many different projects and such a variety. But it's really based on what the community needs and what they say that they want yeah. rather than a company coming in going, right, You're I think this, this is where the biggest <laughs> need is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> OK, perfect. So it's a collaboration that's working well absolutely nice why is this important to you personally it's important because we do urgently need to take action and everyone needs to be involved um but i think that there's another way of trying to get people everyone involved and i'm trying to create this community of imperfect environmentalists you know everyone doing something imperfectly is far better than a handful of people doing something perfectly um And so that's why it's really important to me. And I just, you know, I really try when people talk to me about it, I try not to, yeah, I try to never shame anyone. I really want people to be able to come to us and say, oh, I'm not sure about this. Um, What do you think? And, you know, any, as I said, any questions are welcome. So if we can create a community that um, is inclusive and accessible, then yeah, that was, that's a real success for me. Amazing. Okay, perfect. This is such a great way to help protect forests and biodiversity at the same time, and also the right thing to do to counteract the carbon emissions that we continuously produce. Thanks so much for being on the pod, Charlotte. Thank you so much for having us. It's such a delight to be on it on a sunny Monday morning, so thank you. (laughs) Thanks! That was Charlotte. What a great chat. Very insightful. I really like how they're aiming to apply this to businesses to target work-based emissions. Bit of a tongue twister. (laughs) (laughs) Not really, but I got it wrong. So that's why. Um, If you want to find out more about carbon offsetting, you can sign up to Nula Carbon's newsletter or you can follow them on Instagram at NulaCarbon. Nula.Carbon. Nula. At Nula.Carbon. (laughs) there we go (laughs) why can't I speak (laughs) thanks for listening you can check out all of the ideas that we talked about in our show notes and we'll be back in two weeks see you then